is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of MrsChristyJones.com, episode number 55. In today's episode, I am revealing the truth about marriage, the real T-R-U-T-H about marriage. So if you're not married yet, definitely listen in. If you are already married, this is just a reminder and confirmation that you are not alone. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. The Wife Wisdom Podcast is a real conversation designed to help you cultivate the heart of a wife. If you are single and desire to be married, if you are newly married and want to thrive as a wife, or if you are a seasoned wife and just need a little encouragement staying a wife, you are in the right place. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo! Welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about the truth about marriage, the T R U T H about marriage. And if you are a single woman desiring to get married, please listen in, take notes, because what I'm going to reveal will, I believe, help prepare you for marriage and what to kind of expect and not expect. And if you are listening to this and you're already married, this will serve as a confirmation that you are not alone, that you are not a lone ranger in this journey of marriage. And your husband is not the only one <laughs> that um, takes you through the ups and downs, the ins and the outs. And um, so I'm really excited actually about sharing the truth because I wish I had heard about this when I was single, when I was preparing for marriage. And I wish, I think if I had known some of the things that I've gone through over the last 18 years, I wouldn't have felt so blindsided or I wouldn't have felt hoodwinked and bamboozled. And so I know that many of my married wives, um, they feel the same way that you know, I didn't really expect marriage to be like this. And I don't say this to discourage or to scare you, but really more to prepare you, to prepare your heart. The Wife Wisdom Podcast is all about cultivating the heart of a wife. Well, in order to cultivate the heart of a wife, we need to understand what marriage is all about and what to expect, what are what's real, what's not real, and to really learn how to be so flexible in this journey of discovering who we are as a wife and really becoming a better wife on <laughs> so many different things. So let's go ahead and get started. So one of the things that um, I want to talk about is the T. The first T is all about timing. Now, when you're preparing for marriage, it's so important for you to be ready. And we always think we're ready because 
you know, I know there are many women out there who are just so excited to get married. And when they get engaged or they know that it's getting close, what happens? Something shifts and they get so focused on the wedding right? They get focused on everything from the colors to the their bridal gown to who they're going to ask to be in their wedding. And all of the laundry list of things, the, the photographer and the cake and the caterer and where are we going to have it? And they really get swept up in the planning of the wedding, but they're not really prepared for the marriage. And what's interesting, I remember when I first started coaching engaged couples who were preparing for marriage. And I would go to bridal shows. People were like, well, why would I go to get premarital classes or premarital counseling or counseling or coaching? Why do I need that now? I was like, "Uh oh, you know, they just didn't realize that there needed to be a level of preparation for you before getting married. And so timing is really important in so many different ways. So the timing that you're ready, that you're really ready to sacrifice what everything that you want for the good of the team, because you are becoming one, you are joining together, you're not roommates, which a lot of marriages are, that's not the way that's not God's design. The design is that you become one. And so these are two adults with two backgrounds, two histories, two upbringings, two philosophies, two different perspectives, and you're coming together as one. Now, the <laughs> traditionally, you know, when you're dating, you know, a lot of the those things that may come up or may pop up as many red flags, they kind of you push them to the side because you're like, oh, they don't really matter. It's okay. Once we get married, it'll be all all be better. Well, let me just tell you, not only is timing important for you, but timing is important for him as well. You want to make sure that the man you marry is ready. He needs to be ready as well. He needs to be ready to sacrifice. He needs to be ready to lead. There are many men who think they're ready to be husbands, but they're not. And the thing that I really want to kind of concentrate on when it comes to timing with my ladies is that who you marry today needs, you need to be okay with that, with that version of the man. So I'm gonna give you an example. Um, If you like, oh my gosh, this man is everything, but I just want him to lose a hundred pounds, then you should not marry him. If you are like, oh my gosh, he's wonderful, he's great, but he just doesn't, you know, he doesn't really honor or respect me around his parents. Uh, Hello. Who he is, who he shows you to be today is how you, it will multiply times a hundred when you get married. If he does not honor you or respect you now, don't think that it's going to change when you get married. If he um, hangs out with his boys and doesn't really acknowledge you or bring you around now, don't think that that's going to change when you get married. So what I'm saying is that who you marry today will multiply times 10. So if you're wanting things to change or he's not really a leader when you're dating, 
Don't think that he's going to start leading when you get married. That's does that just doesn't work. And I can just attest to many other married women who thought that, oh, it would be different when we got married. But I 99.9% of the couples that I have sat at my table and coached through crisis in their marriage, every single time I asked, well, was he like this before you married him? 100% of the time is yes. 100%. Was he did he do this when before you got married? Yes. Was he like this before you got married? Yes. But I thought he would change. I thought it would be different. I thought when we got married, he would. This is the biggest lie and the biggest trap of that you could even possibly fool yourself with. That if whoever your man is right now, multiply it times 100 when you get married. Because they, it's interesting because a lot of men are motivated to change and um, do different things before you say I do, right? But then once you say I do, oftentimes they revert back and you're like, well, what happened? I thought you changed. Well, <laughs> not, not, not necessarily is that the case. So my point is, is that you have to be okay if they were to never, ever change, if they were never to change from the person they are today for the rest of your life, would you still want to marry them? Would you still want to be with them the rest of your life? That is a very hard question. It's a very serious question to ask yourself because unfortunately, a lot of the married women that I've talked to, if they knew what they had to go through in marriage for five years, 10 years, 20 years, 40 years, if they knew what they had to go through with their spouse, 99 of them, percent of them would have said, oh, heck no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. So because in marriage, there's so many ups and downs. There's so many changes. The person that you married today is not going to be the person that you're married to in two years, in five years, in 10 years. And in all fairness, either will you, you won't be the same either. And, you know, I remember hearing a story a long time ago saying that about marriage, that when men get married, they don't want the wife to change. They marry the wife for who they want the wife to be for the rest of her life. They don't want her to change at all. This, her, her body size, her shape, her personality, her hair, length, all of that. They don't want them to change because they marry them for who they are right then and there. Where on the flip side, the wife expects the husband to change. They want the husband to change, that they're marrying potential. And they're like, oh, they're hoping that the husband will change the longer they, they, they get married. And the husbands don't, many of them don't change. And so it's this really weird um, situation and circumstance. But the one of the things that I have learned is that you have got to be okay if your man never changes from ever, for the rest of your life. If the the nasty attitude that he had or the anger issues that he had when you're dating, if they don't ever go away, are you okay with that? Does he spend time with the Lord before you get married? Or does he not go to church before you get married? But then you're like, oh, I really want a church going man. Why would he change when he gets married? And so I know it seems very obvious, but when we're in engulfed, involved in the emotion and passion of love and the excitement of potentially getting married, we can't sometimes see 
through this deception that takes place in most relationships. And so timing is very important. You have to know that that you're ready to get married, he's ready to get married, and that that you are okay with marrying each other for the version that they are at today. And if they were to never change that version in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, you would still be okay. Would you still say I do? Would you still propose? Would you still get married? That is the question. R is for roles. What are your specific roles in marriage? And this is important to really have a conversation about because if they're both parties have great expectations for marriage, right? And so he has an expectation of what marriage is going to look like. You have an expectation of what marriage is going to look like. And if you don't talk about the roles in your marriage, then there are going to be violations of those expectations. And when your expectation is violated, there's offense, there is just discouragement, there's distance, there's disappointment. And so to avoid all of that, have the conversation about what the roles are. So for example, um, I've ever since I was a little girl, I always wanted to be a stay at home mom. That's something that I wanted since I was a teenager. And so and that was something that Adrian wanted as well. He wanted to make sure that his wife was home and available to be there for his children. And so we knew that I was not going to be the breadwinner um, in the household and that I was going to be be a stay-at-home mom, primarily providing um, really the family manager, providing the environment and um, the nurturing aspect for our kids and our family. Now, had we never had this conversation, this is was my expectation. I may not have even known if this was his expectation. You can see how there could have been a violation, right, of my expectation and his as well if we had not had this conversation. Another thing that's really important to talk about is how many kids do you want to have in this in in your marriage? Because if I wanted six kids and he wanted one, there's a huge discrepancy there, right? So there's so much room for offense. Now, offense is going to come in any relationship anyway, especially an intimate relationship. So you've got to take extra caution to really over communicate about certain things so that the enemy doesn't use a lack of communication or a breakdown in communication to cause division in your relationship. And so it's important to know that with your roles, what are your specific roles? Who is going to pay the bills in the family? Who is going to nurture the kids or who's going to discipline the kids? Is it going to be both or is it going to be one person who is going to wash the dishes and who's going to cook? Who's going to clean up? Who's going to do the laundry? Who's going to fold? I mean, it sounds pretty obvious, but when you, especially in the beginning of marriage, if you don't define them, then, or if you don't talk about them, then resentment can potentially build up. So I had three babies in a little bit more than three years. And I, even though I was a stay at home mom, I didn't mean I did everything else but him going to work, right? So we had to really have a conversation. Hey, you know, can you fold these clothes? Can you, um, I'll give the baby a bath if you can 
wash, you know, you can dry them and dress them. So even the little things have to be communicated in your marriage because you don't want to give make room for offense or resentment to build. And oftentimes, I know, especially new, new brides, new wives, new moms, you know, you want to feel like, oh, I can do it all. Don't get caught up in that trap of doing it all. Because let me tell you one thing, this is a secret (laughs) for my women who are we are we are amazing at a lot of things and we do a lot of things well all at the same time the way you start you are going to have to maintain that effort for the rest of your marriage for example um, if you do everything in the beginning they're going to expect you to do everything in the middle and at the end and then after when you're tired it's like well I don't know why you're tired you've done this for 10 years you've done this for 15 years I wish I had known that. I wish I had known that mm, I need to ask for help very early on so that we can do this together. So the roles that we're playing together in this family unit, uh, there is shared responsibility. There is shared uh, communication. There is shared weight because for many, many, many years, I felt I carried the brunt of all the weight because I could do a lot of things well and didn't necessarily need help. But it was to my it was really to my detriment that I did not ask for more help earlier on in my marriage. And then when I would I started asking for more help when I was feeling burned out or carrying too much of the weight, it was like, well, well, why, 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 why are you need help now? Like, and it was so it was, and then I was frustrated. And again, here comes the offense and the resentment and bitterness, uh, having an opportunity to creep in, because I didn't ask for help earlier on. So make sure that when you are defining your roles, that you don't try to be superwoman. If you, you know, usually when we try to do it all without asking for help, we there uh, there are a couple things going on. Either we have control issues, um, or we are there are some insecurities there where we are wanting needing to prove to ourselves that we're good wives, or we're good moms, or we're good business owners or whatever it is. So we feel like we have to do all of it because that validates us being good enough. Okay. That's a big one. So make sure that when you're dividing your roles, ask for help early, ask for help. Don't try to do it all yourself right now, because you're going to end up having to maintain that over the long haul. U is for understanding. Ooh, this is a big one. Because again, as you are coming together, even in any relationship, but especially when you're focusing on becoming one in marriage, understanding is critical. And with understanding comes grace. Because again, you are coming together as one with someone who has their own upbringing their own perspective on life, their own perception, their own understanding 
of certain things, their own definition of things. And so when you come together as one, you have to be understanding with each other as you continue to formulate and un- and really figure out h- how to operate as one, as one unit when you become married. This is a very challenging, difficult task oftentimes because if you have such, again, and this is just think about even um, by multi ethnic or, or different races who get married. And you've got now not only different upbringings, but you have different cultures and different, even different religions. Like it's, it can be, it's a lot of layers that actually can cause or actually be, make room for. Uh, just misunderstandings. And so being understanding and offering grace in your marriage around the your differences is really, really big. And I don't think I learned this probably until 10 years into my marriage about knowing that my way wasn't the only right way. My upbringing and my experience and what I was taught was not the only right way. And I had to really learn grace and I had to really learn his perspective and his, his not only perspective, but his experience. I had to really learn it, understand it and, and allow it really because it was his truth. And it was his experience. And just because his experience was different than mine didn't mean that it was wrong or didn't mean that it was bad. It just meant that it was different. And we've spent time really getting to understand and learn each other's differences and over time really learn to appreciate them. So I remember when my husband, um, he was I think he was 10 years old, he really wanted these sneakers. That's all he wanted for Christmas. And he didn't get those sneakers for Christmas. He actually got, I think what he called Bobo's at the time. And it really traumatized him. It traumatized him so much so where when I had Sky and I went to the children's place to get her some some sneakers, like little cute, whatever sneakers, she wasn't even walking, I don't think. My husband had a fit. He had a fit. I was like, baby, why? They were on sale. He was like, no, absolutely not. My daughter's not going to wear those shoes. And I was like, babe, what's going on? Why are you freaking out like this? And then he told me the story. Now, because that was his truth, that was his reality. I'm in no place to judge it, right? I just had to really understand like, okay, well, I'll just let you buy the kid's shoes from here on out. And he has, he, I could not buy any shoes from the Gap or (laughs) Old Navy or um, anything, Children's Place, any of those. I couldn't buy any shoes because of his experience that he had when he was 10 years old and what that did to him. And there are going to be a ton of those kind of experiences in your relationships, in your marriage, that you're going to have to offer grace and really gain insight and understanding about what's going on with them. And it's, it's really important, especially as you grow in your marriage, because there are going to be certain things that you're going to discern as his wife, 
Mm, this is something that goes deeper than what he's just saying, right? So then you're going to have to go into really tap into your, not only your discernment and wisdom, intuition, but mm, right. I see why. Okay. You know, and then at that point you may pull back. You may, it may be the right time to ask a clarifying question. It may be uh, a time just to sit back and watch. It may totally reveal itself in the process, but understanding is such a part, huge part of marriage. And the truth about marriage is making sure that you are understanding and offering grace in every situation, every circumstance, as you grow and he grows together and individually, because it's constantly changing. So understanding is paramount. It is necessary 100% of the time, all every day, all day (laughs) for the rest of your marriage. The second T is about trust. This trust, I, I, I don't even know if I have the words to, to really explain the impact of trust in your relationship, in your marriage. If you don't trust, if you're not married yet and you don't trust the person that you're thinking about marrying, why would you marry them? why would you marry them? If you don't trust them now, why do you think the trust wouldn't just magically pop out after you say I do on your wedding day? It doesn't work like that. If you don't trust him or her now, don't think that the trust is going to magically show up on the day of your wedding. It does not work like that. Trust is is so much deeper than you know, just the being able to trust them with being faithful, right? But how about can you trust this person? Do you trust them and allowing them to give you the space to be authentically who God has created you to be? So do you trust them with your whole heart? Do you trust them with your whole soul? Do you trust them with your whole identity? Do you trust them with every single piece of you right now today? Can you be fully who God has created you to be with this person? Trust is paramount. It is critical. It is crucial. And, you know, I know there are a lot of men and women who have a hard time trusting because they've been hurt. They've been betrayed. They've, um, you know, they've been in a relationship where they gave their whole heart and it wasn't cared for. It wasn't taken care of. And so now they're in a new relationship and they're scared to death. They're scared to trust a hundred percent again, because they don't want that experience, right? That vulnerable, the vulnerability and the transparency that's necessary when you trust someone fully. A lot of people don't even know how to get there. But I'm, I'm really challenging you to ask yourself the question, do you fully, do you trust this person fully? Do you trust him with your heart? Can you be yourself? 100%. Can you be yourself and feel safe? with this person. That is the second T in, in understanding the truth of marriage. You are joining with this person for the rest of your life. 
You have to be able to trust them. You have to know that they've got your back in every single area that you can even think of when it comes to marriage. They've got to have your back financially. They've got to have your back spiritually. They've got to have your back emotionally and mentally, physically. They've got to have your back. Do you trust them? If you cannot answer yes, then the second question I want to ask, I want you to ask yourself is why would you want to marry them? Why would you want to move forward in a lifetime commitment relationship with them if you don't trust them? And if you are even considering moving forward in a relationship with them, but you don't trust them, then I need you to ask yourself some questions about why would you even entertain being in a relationship, in a marriage with them, but you don't trust them. That is fear. That is loneliness. There are a lot of other things that pop up when I think about about someone marrying someone that they don't fully trust. Okay. The last one is H. H is for happiness. Happiness in marriage. Now, if you were to ask a married woman, maybe one year, two years, are you happy in your marriage? They may say yes, right? And if you talk to a woman who's maybe married 25 years, they, and, you, they, and you ask them, are you happy in your marriage? You, you're, you're not sure what you're going to get, right? And so happiness is something that I believe we've, we misunderstand the purpose of happiness. And we think that happiness is all about us. We think happiness is, is very selfish in nature, that I'm supposed to be happy. If he doesn't make me happy, or if she doesn't make me happy, then I'm done with the marriage. Mm-mm-mm. If you go into marriage expecting to be happy and expecting the your spouse to make you happy, I'm not sure you're going to make it. And I say that in love and I say that in truth and all honesty is that I'm not sure if you're going to make it if you go into marriage thinking and believing that your spouse is supposed to make you happy. You're going to be very disappointed because guess what? Your spouse is human. You're human. There is going to be offense. There is going to be, there are going to be violations of your expectations. There's going to be disappointment, discouragement. There's going to be distance and doubt. There's going to be, um, there are going to be wonderful times, but there's also going to be times when you're like, whoa, I don't even know if we're going to make it. There are going to be times when you make it through these amazing, um, these really hard hardships in your marriage and you made it and you're like, whoo, we made it. We made it right. There are going to be plenty of those. And the thing about marriage, really the truth about marriage is you never know what you're going to get. You never know what, what obstacle, what challenge is going to come up and challenge you and your spouse. You have no idea. You could have a child um, that has special needs. And, you know, the statistics are there that 80 something, 86, 87% of marriages who have a special needs child don't make it, 
right? And you may be an anomaly. You may be one of the 12%, praise the Lord. But the bottom line is you don't know what is going to come your way in marriage. It may be infidelity. It may be a health issue where your spouse has and gets in a car accident and is in a, in a wheelchair the rest of their life. You did not plan for that. You did. That was not part of the plan. That was not part of the dream, right? Of happily ever after. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? There's so the truth about marriage is that it's not what you're going to, it's not what you expect. You, it's not what you expect it to be. There are many things that are going to come in marriage that are going to totally blow your socks off. They're going to be so, such amazing blessings that you never even expected it. You couldn't have even prepared for it. There are going to be challenges and obstacles and, and, and adversity in your marriage that you could never even expect it. You couldn't even planned it. You couldn't have even, even in your wildest dreams expected this to happen in your marriage. So what are you going to do? The good and the bad. What are you going to do? You have to know that in marriage, it's going going to be a journey. It's not going to be easy all the time. The times that are great, that are wonderful, ride them out. Ride them out till the wheels fall off. Because there are times when it's not so great and you're holding on to prayers, to your prayer warriors, to your girlfriends who are really praying you through trying to make it because of a challenge or an, or, or situation, circumstance, obstacle that has come up in your marriage. There are going to be times when you are on such a high, you are completely in love with your spouse and you're like, can we just stay here? Can we bottle this moment up and keep it for the rest of our lives? And then when you realize something happens and offense happens and you're like, oh, we have to work back to getting to that, our happy place. This is the journey in marriage. There are going to be times when you really feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I even love him. I don't even know if I love her. There are going to be times when you're like, I don't even like him. I don't even like her, right? But you stay in there. There are going to be times when you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot imagine my life without him. I cannot imagine my life without her. There are going to be times. So that is why you cannot get married off of emotion. You cannot get married off of emotion because your emotion can change in a matter of a split second. I'm gonna give you a quick example. You know, you are in the best mood ever. You're dancing around in your house. You've got the best music going and you stub your toe instantly, right? You're, it's pain. You're, you know, you're mad at the bed corner or whatever you stub your toe on and it can change your demeanor immediately, instantly, right? Emotion. When you make a decision on emotion, it, 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 it can affect you the rest of your life, right? You can make a decision, a bad decision based on an emotional state and it can ruin a marriage. It can ruin a relationship. And so 
Love is a decision. You have to make a decision, a commitment to being with this person. And when you make a decision versus off of emotion, then the sustainability of the relationship takes place because you've made the decision. So when you make a decision, you know, when in when they say, do you take this man? Do you take this woman? Do you, you know, in sickness and in health till death do your part? That's real. Do you take this man? Do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded husband or wife, right? To have and to hold till death do you part in sickness and in health, in disease and in, in riches and with rich and poor. It's that is so true. It's not just words, rhetoric that we're just saying. It is very a serious covenant, a commitment to in through the good and the bad, through the ugly, through the pretty. Will you take this man or woman, right? And I just wanted to remind you the truth of marriage is real. The truth of marriage is beautiful and amazing. The truth of marriage is it's hard and discouraging and disappointing. It is all of those things combined. And it's, it's, I I really am so encouraged by people who are married for 20, 30, 40, 50. Adrian's grandparents were married 66 years. 66 years? Are you kidding me? Like, that is so amazing. And if you were to talk to people who've been married more than 20 years, you will hear, yeah, there were times when we didn't think we we're going to make it. Yep. There were times. Yeah. I didn't really love him. I didn't love her Yep, But we stuck in there. We held, we hung in there. We, I, there were times when he left, you know, he, uh, left the Lord and I had to just pray that God would bring him back. And there were times when he had a health issue and she had a health issue. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. Marriage is a lot and it requires you to have faith. It requires you to trust God in every detail. It requires you to, to surrender control, to submit control and to trust the process and, and, and go along for the ride without having to control every single moment of it which is hard for many of us, hard, right? T-R-U-T-H, timing, roles and responsibilities, understanding, trusting fully and happiness. This is what the truth of marriage is all about. I love being married to Adrian. I think that it's, um, it's amazing journey. I love the journey that we've been on. There've been some really rough patches and there've been some amazing victories, but the bottom line is that I believe that God has put us together to be married, um, in this earth, to encourage, to support, 
to be examples of his glory here on earth. And I do I do want to encourage you and I hope that you are encouraged as I continue to share the truth of marriage that it's not to discourage you against getting married. It's not to to um it's really to share my heart with you and to help you in your journey in marriage whether you are single and desiring to get married, you're newly married and, you know, still navigating what this marriage thing is all about, or you are a seasoned wife and you're like tired, you're feeling weary and you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I just pray that this episode encouraged you, that you're not alone, that that we are all going through the same thing together, different times, different seasons, but the same thing nevertheless, but that at the root of it all, God is faithful and that he, what he has brought together, let no man separate and just be encouraged that um, your marriage is a blessing. Your marriage is a blessing and we've got to really shift our perspective during different seasons of our lives to remember that, that our marriage is a blessing, that our marriage is a blessing to others, to our children, to our grandchildren, and that if you're frustrated with your spouse in this season while you're listening to this message, I want you to write a list of the things that you love most about them. And if you can only think of one thing, I want you to remind yourself of that one thing over and over and over again until you can think of two things and then three things because you said I do for for a reason. You said I will marry him for a reason. Remember those reasons. Remember those reasons. I love you. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I really, really appreciate it. If you are not following us on Instagram at Wife Wisdom, I invite you to join our tribe over on social media on Instagram. If you have not rated our podcast on iTunes, please do so to rate and review us. That would be awesome in helping other women find our podcast. But most importantly, I just thank you so much for continuing to be consistent and listening to our podcast each and every week, sharing this with your sister circle and continuing to just share and and send me love and encouragement and support that this is blessing you, that it's encouraging you, that you truly are benefiting and feel like you're being served through this podcast. So thank you so much for being here. I love you so much with all my heart and I look forward to connecting with you next week. Bye-bye. The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.